This is a summary on the second sicha of Parshas Vashanan, Lukutis Sichais Echelek Yud Dalid. There is a very special mitzvah to read the Shema every day and every night when we lie down and when we rise up. And in fact, Shema is actually a part of the prayer when a Jew works on himself and comes to a recognition of the oneness of God and the reality and presence of Hashem, and thereby nullifies himself and his ego and breaks his ego and brings the light of Hashem into the world and refines the world around him. And the ultimate level of egolessness is found when he arrives at in the Shemini Eshe prayer, when he is totally silent. And part of that process is the Shema, when he declares the oneness of Hashem throughout the entire universe and all of the worlds. That's what Shema represents. On the other hand, there's a, another mitzvah which is also discussed in the Shema itself. And in fact, a person who does not have any time on their hands could fulfill this mitzvah through the recital of Shema is the mitzvah to study Taita every single day, to study Taita. And the mitzvah to study Taita is of a different nature. The mitzvah to study Taita is actually not in order to break your ego. And it's not in order to change the world per se. On the contrary, Taita is where you go to a world of perfection. In the world of Taita, the exile never took place. That is why when we learn Taita, we can learn about things which haven't been applicable for thousands of years, and we learn it with the same geschmack, the same pleasure and relish that we had when, when it was relevant. Because in the world of Taita, it's relevant. You're in the world of truth. Taita never goes into exile. On the contrary, whenever there was an exile for the Jewish people, there was an explosion in the world of Taita. The Babylonian Talmud, after the Spanish uh, expulsion, there was the explosion of Kabbalah. After Chalmanitsky became the explosion of Hasidus. In the world of Taita, there's no exile. Taita is the world of truth, of absolute. And the, the, this distinction between the nature of what we do in the world of Taita, in the field of Taita, versus Shema, the recital of Shema, is very, uh, it's a very stark difference. There's a number of differences that can uh, be pointed out. And it's actually amazing that these distinctions are found in the very obligation of these mitzvahs, which is that the mitzvah of Shema, we are commanded, like we mentioned, to recite in the evening and in the and in the morning, in the day. Versus Taira, there's no such division. There's no such distinction. It's one continuum. We are always obligated every second of the day to study Taira. How does this represent the distinction between these two ways of a Jew's life, these two elements of a Jew's life, very strongly so, because the job of a Jew when he's reciting Shema is to take the darkness of the world and transform it into light, to make it one day. In other words, he can't say, oh, it's one continuum. No, there is a period of time called darkness. And his job is to, is to connect that darkness with the day, that it should be one day, a day which shines the light of Hashem, bringing the light of Hashem into the darkness of the world. By Taita, such terminology would not make any sense. Why? Because in the Taita, from the Taita's perspective, why is there darkness? Since when is there darkness? Where do you see darkness? Taita is dealing in the world of truth. Taita is the truth. Taita never gets bogged down in darkness. There's no reason for it to be get lost and for it to even recognize the position of darkness. Even when Taita discusses dark situations, like two litigants and one of them is lying, it's discussing it in the realm of Taita. So over there, it's over there, it's not enclosed and involved and affected. 
on, on the contrary, over there it's the wisdom of Hashem. It's theoretical and it's and it's and it's truth. Okay. Another way you see this distinction is that the fact that a Jew is working on trying to change the world and being revealing within the world, the egolessness and trying to make it a more egoless world, he wants to negate the ego of the world. In the end of the day, there's going to be a distinction between day and night. Why? Because there's constant change. What is considered nullified and uh, humble one day in comparison to the next day is nothing. You could think that I'm nothing and that I've totally removed my ego. But then in comparison to a higher level, you haven't begun to remove your ego. And uh, so, for example, the actual recital of davening, right? What's considered being one with Hashem and being in the presence of Hashem and bringing Hashem's unity into the world during the recital of Shema doesn't compare to the way it is in Shemayin Asrei during the the Shemayin Asrei, the silent prayer over there. You're in the presence of Hashem. Even a wink of the eye, a movement of the hand, is considered that you're not truly bottled. You're not truly nullified to the divine. And so that is the that is the way it works in the recital of Shema, which is why it's night and day, because you arrive at a revelation of godliness. You reveal God, which of course makes the darkness, the ego, the separation dissipate. The light comes, but then you have to go back into the darkness because you realize that you're really never, in comparison to a higher level, you're actually in a dark place. You're actually in an egotistical place. You haven't become one with the divine. In the world of Taita, this discussion is irrelevant. Because you're not trying to change the, the, the ego. There is no ego. All there is is Hashem. The whole, the whole concept of studying Torah is forgetting yourself, not in order to try to forget yourself. But that is Torah. What is Torah? Torah is the wisdom of Hashem. The job of a Jew is, and what's it mean to truly study Torah, to actually study Torah, is not to tell the Torah what you think. You're here to learn what the Torah thinks. You're supposed to move your mind aside and and and, and understand what the Torah thinks. Now, if you don't understand it, then you don't fulfill the myths of studying Torah, so you have to understand it. But what are you understanding? You're understanding the Torah's opinion, Hashem's opinion, right? And, and, and the accomplishment of Torah is that your mind should think the way Hashem thinks. But it's not about trying to push aside the world. It's, rather, it's trying to connect with the reality of Taita. Okay. Finally, a distinction between uh, the Shema as it could, uh, and, and, and Taita as it can be seen by the fact that this is one mitzvah, a continuous mitzvah, versus this is a mitzvah which is by night and this is by day, is that being that that it's the person's own work that they're trying to change themselves. And at the end of the day, sometimes a person's in a state of darkness and a person's in a state of light, of illumination. And in the end of the day, the mitzvah of Shema is that even when you find yourself in a dark place, you still have to keep working. You still have to hold on and reveal in your life and bring godliness into your existence. So in other words, even though you're in a dark place, you still have to keep uh, moving forward. Versus the taita, the taita is not the kind of thing which could be in a dark place. It's not about you. It's never about you, taita. Taita is about the taita, which is why, by the way, the commitment to taita is such that it's 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 in a way that there's commitment to nothing else because you don't exist. It doesn't matter your needs, your hungry, your this, your that. Torah is beyond all of that, and it doesn't. It's not has no effect on the vicissitudes. There's no relationship to the 
ups and downs of a person's personal uh, trials and tribulations. Taita is absolute, and either you're with the Taita or you're not with the Taita. And the moment you're not with the Taita, you forget, you're forgetting the whole Taita. Taita goes out the window just in a second. It disappears on you, God forbid. That's why every moment of Taita, you can't stop studying Taita for one second because you're connected with the reality which is beyond forgetfulness, which is beyond the struggles of man and so on. Now, what gives the Jew the strength when they're struggling in a dark place to have Shema in their life? It's because Shema is actually connected to Taita very deeply. Like we mentioned before, if a person has no time and they actually fulfill their mitzvah of studying Taita every day through a sighting of the Shema, because Taita is what the thing that gives you the strength to do your divine service even at night. And this is why the entire Shas, the Talmud, concludes with the statement that whoever studies halacha every day will go, will merit to the world to come. And the, that ends the, the entire Talmud. And it connects right back in a loop to the beginning of the Talmud, which talks about the obligation to read Shema at night. Because what gives the Jew the strength that even when it's nighttime in his life, that he should be able to recite the Shema and unify the and, and see the harmony in the universe and uh, and see the unity of God is because he studies halacha, taira, and specifically halacha, which is never changing. Halacha is absolute. Halacha doesn't have different opinions. Halacha has the ruling, and that is the ultimate ruling. One final beautiful point that the Rebbe makes is that the Gemara uh, is that the piece of Talmud right before this is actually a siyum. This talk of the Rebbe is actually a siyum of on the Masechta. On Amsach uh, which was studied in 770 at that time, that year, and 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 the people who f- in the shul they finished the sim. So the Rebbe says that he's also going to make a sim, right? Even though the Rebbe didn't join the group who was studying it, but the Rebbe was obviously in his office learning the same uh, tractate as the people in the synagogue and shul, and therefore the Rebbe made a sim then on on Nida. So the Rebbe here says that if you look in the piece of Gemara right before. Right before the final piece, so whoever studies halach every day, the Gemara over there asks, now what about a woman who sees blood during the nighttime in the period in bet- when it's not in the correct period of time for her to see damnida and uh, the blood of anida? And the Gemara says that maybe she should have the law of a regular menstru- menstruating woman and not the law of a zava which is when it's not in the right time. And the Gemara says, no, it is. She has the law of a zava of a woman who sees not in the right uh, period. And the question arises, what is, is this really how the Talmud concludes? What's going on here? And on a deeper level, basically it works like this, that the blood of Nida represents a loss of potential because there could have been life there. There's a certain potential which is lost, a certain level, a whiff of death if you wish. And where does death come from? Where does the opposite of life come from? Where does negativity, this negative concept that there could be lost potential, where does this come from? From the sin of Adam and Chava, from the original sin in the Garden of Eden. And that is why, and a Jewish body, the reason the woman's body rejects the blood, and it doesn't, there's no way that it could be absorbed in the body, the, the blood, is because it's negativity. And any negativity has to be washed away has to be sent away. In a Jewish body, a Jewish body can't handle it. When a woman sees extra blood in the time when in, when it's not her period, in the time that she normally does not see blood, that means that she has extra blood, which means it's, it's negativity, which is more than usual. So the Gemara's question was, maybe when she sees it during the nighttime, 
which means that she sees it in a time when the world is dark, when things are dark. Maybe that doesn't show that she needs extra purity. Maybe it's like when she sees blood in her normal period, in her normal time. And the Gemara proves from verses that no, that's not the case. Why is that not the case? Because with the strength of Torah, of Halacha, it doesn't matter how dark the world is. At the end of the day, a Jew has the strength to be never changing, unchanging, because he has the strength of Torah. And therefore, the fact that she sees more than usual than what's expected of a human being living on earth, if a person has an extra problem, then they have to deal with that issue and problem. So that connects very beautifully with the beginning of the, of the entire Talmud, which talks about reading the Shema at night, that even when it's dark in our lives, we have the strength to read the Shema. Why? Because the Shema also represents Torah. And with the strength of Torah, and specifically Halacha, um, we ne- it's never changing and we connect with God.